Aloha and welcome to this special edition of the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that is raising the bar on craft cocktails. I'm Louise Salas and I'm coming to you from the beautiful Hawaiian island of Oahu, also known as the heart of Hawaii. And it's also the home of the makers of Kohana Agricole Rum. And with me today, special guest, is Kyle Breitner. He is the brand manager of Kohana Hawaiian Agricole Rum. Indeed. That is a mouthful. <laughs> that's that's the goal. I want to be the largest thing on every menu. There you go. There you go. <laughs> every, we all need goals. And the more rum you have, the harder it must get to say. <laughs> indeed. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Great. Well, tell me a little bit about what, 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 I mean, you brought me out to the farm. It's amazing. It's really beautiful. Tell me about it. All right. Yeah. So essentially, we're a Hawaiian heirloom sugarcane farm that happens to distill an awesome rum. So... Just happens. Like, just yeah, it just happens. Upon. You know, we just decided to turn these great heirloom plants into something delicious and uh, consumable. That's awesome. So. Tell me, what does when you say heirloom? Obviously, we all understand what that means. What does it? How does that change the product? How what? How does that influence the rum? I mean, it's an interesting thing. So when you think about rum, you usually think of a commodity spirit, something that's going to be molasses driven, because you've got this byproduct of another industry, the sugar yeah. industry, right? So you've got the majority of the world's rums are you know, we grab this molasses after they've made white table sugar for the masses. And that's kind of how most spirits are, right? Yeah. I mean, like you name the spirit, it's it's what do we do with this thing that's left over? Let's for sure. get and drunk off of it. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's commodity driven a little bit, but it, if I do anything, it'll be convincing people that where things come from impacts how they taste. I mean, the idea of terroir is not without relevance and, and frankly, it's something we hang our hat on. So for us, we grow what we call heirloom Hawaiian plants. And, and really the, the true story of it is they're called canoe plants. They're literally canoe the, plants. yeah, they're the varietals that came over with the first people before oh. they were called Hawaiians, <laughs> yeah. you know, like before there's contact. Well, before it was Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. right? So you're, you're traversing these seas and most people see it and I'll get, I'll get to it in a minute about sort of the global worldview of sugar and rum production. But the Hawaiians had these plants here a thousand years ago, 800 years before we got plantations. Wow. The Hawaiians brought over all these cane. So we, we start finding different varietals and Manulele, the name of the distillery was the first plant we ever found and was able to propagate out. So now we've got 34. Oh, so that is a yeah. type of, of sugar. Exactly, oh, a type cool. of sugar cane. So cool. we've got these heirloom or canoe plants. Some people call them noble canes. And they're quite literally things that you can only talk about from here. That's so cool. as much as I love, frankly, every other rum producer, whether it's you know Florida Kanya with their great molasses base, you know, Appleton's, you know, Kaloa over on Kauai, whoever it is, all these really fantastic folks, I'm not, we're not in the same game as them directly. We're all sort of rising the same ships. Yeah. We just happen to have this really phenomenal starting material that we're able to do everything from. That's really cool. Yeah. So um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you will. Um, I hope you will. Uh, that I read that they to get it started, um, founders just kind of went around and found the plants, like even on trails and I, whatnot. I, yeah, so it's, it's a fun, it's entrepreneurially <laughs> incredibly ridiculous, but uh, Robert Dawson and Jason Brand, the two co-founders, essentially just sourced out as much as they could. So they, the first thing they did is they started talking to the people who knew more, which is the, the thing anybody should do, no matter what business they're in, is always talk to experts. Across the road from us right now is the Hawaii Agricultural Research Center. They used to be the Hawaii Sugar Manufacturers Association. Oh, which we all know has now no they're, longer exists. They're, yeah. they're, they're gone. They've transformed what they do into a more global agricultural reach. 
But for us, we asked them, well, what, what happened to these Hawaiian plants? Where are they? And they gave us great resources to, oh, here, go to Manawili Botanical Garden, talk to Ted, go talk to Noah Lincoln, yeah. who's like the foremost authority on all of this in the world. He's quite literally was writing a book called Ko at the same time we're doing this. Oh, cool. So the word Ko means sugarcane in Hawaiian. It literally translates to Hawaiian sugarcane. So even on our bottles where you see Kohana, which is the most important word, it's the work of the sugarcane. Gotcha. The idea is to be sort of thoroughly transparent with that. It's all about the canes. I mean, on the side of the bottle, You'll see what cane varietal is inside oh, of it. Really cool. You'll see the harvest date. We sure want enough. to connect people to the fields. So you'll see heirloom Hawaiian on the side of these, which this is all our export yeah. stuff. So as we've grown, we're actually finally on the mainland, California, as of about three weeks ago. Well, I plan to take a little bit back to DC yeah. with me. So uh. <laughs> indeed. So um, yeah. so cool. Well, why don't we why don't we start tasting so we can uh, sounds good to me to make uh, the listeners even uh, more. Uh, envious of what we're doing here today. Perfect, so in the in the first glass, we have our namesake cane. We have Manulele, basically just as it's meant to be, single varietal. And this is where you go, okay, what the heck, single varietal? Yeah, because I know that is for wine or, yeah. Well, so think about it like wine. Think about Cabernet Sauvignon yeah. versus Pinot Grigio. Yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon is a grape, Pinot yeah. Grigio is a grape, but grapes are not grapes are not grapes. That's true, right? that's true. So when you think about these canes, they have different flavors. They have so different sugar content. Yeah. They're they're vastly different from look to feel to taste and everything in between. And frankly, the stories are probably the most differing things about them because they're used in these really, some of them very sexy ways and others more sort of day-to-day -day use. Well, let's talk about the yeah. sexy part then. And, well, you're drinking the right one for that because it's <laughs> the one that made us fall. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. Oh, that's delicious. You like it all right? That is really nice. It's very smooth. Oh, it's lovely on the nose. Yeah. So so it, when we start with this one, again, this is... Manulele. Yes. So it's and our white rum, which we call Kea. Kea means white and wine. Okay. So at the distillery, you have the ability to try a myriad of different single varietal rums. Yes, my life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> On store shelves, you'll find our sort of master blend. We have 10 canes that we blended together after years of doing single varietal that makes our sort of signature Kohana blend. But here you're getting just Manulele. It's just really beautiful. I mean, it doesn't, there's no burn and it's almost like a, it's like a dessert. I mean, it's so beautiful. It's I'm nice. You like it. Yeah. So we concentrate on a couple things. We want it big, grassy, and floral. We want it to make you think Hawaiian plantation, sort yeah. of grassy, big, you know, fields. But we also want it to have this luxurious thing, which frankly mostly sits in the mouthfeel. It's using yes. the right water. It's got this like more viscous, more luxurious thing, even for a white rum. It's it's I, it's I can't say enough. It's really really nice. I um, you know I coming I haven't been in the islands um, for a while. Unfortunately, um, a lot of people know that it comes up on the show every once in a while. I'm, I lived here for a long time. Um, Welcome back. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it, it, I haven't been here for like three years, and seeing this new like this growth, like the, well, I just happened to go to the bar that you used to work at actually, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, rant started talking to the bartender there, and she brought out your product, and here she's like, oh, taste this, and I was like, what? What? They're finally making rum, that's great. I mean, I don't know yeah. why it took so long to think that, I mean, this was covered with sugar plant plantations at one time. For sure. So it all I mean, makes sense. It does, and it's interesting because unlike a lot of the rest of the history of sugar, 
we didn't have rum yeah. at the same time that we got sugar. And a lot of that has to do with as contact happened, yeah. the missionaries were some of the first people here. Well, they weren't as stoked about booze covering yes. these islands as <laughs> maybe some of the other people that were traveling the world. So so really it just never translated into this. We didn't have enough pirates, damn exactly. it. Not enough yeah. pirates. <laughs> and and no and no rum connoisseurs. Nobody was talking single varietal back then, that's for sure. So no It was like could you light it on fire or not? <laughs> exactly. It, is, it, is it proof that this is good enough? Let's see if it'll ignite. Oh, yeah. So let's let's what's the what 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 do you have next? All right. So what I wanted to do today was get you to try a single varietal rum okay. next to our heirloom blend. So inside of this glass is ten different varietals of those canoe plants. Oh, They're the ones that we have sort of the most of. After I guess year two of making single varietal rums, we felt that we could make something that would express our favorite things from a number of them. Yeah. So that's what we did. So well, I mean, it's the same thing with wine. It's, yeah. There's no, there's no, you don't snub a great blend. For sure. It's, it's just a great way to make in a, another wine. It's yeah. not better or, or it's just different. For sure. And in sort of the global picture of agricole makers, if you go to Martinique or Haiti or Guadeloupe, you'll find a use of multiple canes. Nobody, and I say that loosely, there are a few single varietals out there that are frankly really delicious, but most everybody for their house style has a myriad of different blends, whether it's yeah. three canes for Rum GM or all 12 canes that some of the other agricultural producers, or they don't even know what it is depending on where you are in the US and they haven't done sort of the, yeah. the back history on that. But we're, we're fortunate to be able to play it kind of from both sides where we show you single varietal, but then our house style too. So. so you would call this the house style. Yeah, this is this is our what I call Kea. I mean, it's just our white rum. That was this glass, yeah. Yeah, the second okay. glass. And it's going to be a little bit more traditional in terms of having some more olive brine to it. Yeah. A little bit more depth in sort of the mid palate. Well, you got that olive right on the nose, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's boom. Yeah. You're right. That's um. Still with the. Pretty viscous mouthfeel. Yeah. And that's, we cut ours a little bit further than a lot of traditional producers do. We're at 80 proof. We want it to be friendly for cocktails. We like people sipping it just as it is. So we blow do, somebody's face off. Yeah, and we do some <laughs> we do some fun releases with stuff like that, but not, that's not our sort of out here in Cunha, central Oahu. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not trying to blow everybody out of the water. That being said, in a few minutes, you'll taste some cast strength stuff, but that's, you know. <laughs> Life does not step. suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, just so everyone knows, and all the noises you hear in the background, it's kind of cool. Kyle has set us up in the barrel room. So uh, some really nice, well, and you're hearing helicopters because we're not far from uh, Wheeler, right? Yeah, we're, <laughs> Which... we're right, right down the road from our wonderful military friends. So yes. we get flyovers every day. I tell all the tours that we take out, we organized it for them. We wanted them to see, you know, the big Chinooks coming right over top of you them. Know, uh, those of us who live in DC have <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we get it on the ground and above our heads. Oh, for sure. Oh my goodness. All yeah. right. So let me ask you this, when you talk about the blends, and I, I know that, again, correct me if I'm wrong, you have a history of, you, you started off as a bartender, right? Yeah. Like on the, on the other side of the bar. For sure. Um, how do you, with the blend, are you, when you're making cocktails, are you, how are you making the decision between these two? Like from a, from a listener standpoint, or from my standpoint, yeah. <laughs> when I go to make a cocktail, when I, how do I, what's the advice you have so that I pick up the right bottle or I start doing what's, do the spirit justice? Yeah. 
So the first thing I'll say is I never tell anybody how to drink. Yeah. I will give you some advice on what I think works. We made the blend for our bar families. Yeah. So it's there literally as the, the spirit that I built to try to have people stoked to pour it in their bars. Yes. The single varietal is really brilliant and can play a huge role, especially some of them come across really grassy, others tend to be a little bit more dark and foreboding. Depending on which varietal you're using, you have to figure out where that fits in the cocktail. Yeah. With our blend, I like to have both sides. So whether you're going something that's a little bit more spiritous, or if you're pulling off and being a little more reserved or trying to make something that's more of a lanai sip or something for the patio, you can use this for either way. You have to be a little bit more careful when you're using the single varietal because it can get lost in certain- I was gonna say it's more instances. gentle is what yeah. I was gonna say. It's very gentle. It's it's something that I, you almost don't want to mix because yeah. it's just, it's 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 gentle. It's very, it's very beautiful. Yeah, I was just, cause I, you know, and then just with the proof too, like how do you balance that in what cocktail? And yeah. sometimes just like when you're standing there in the in the spirit aisle or the rum rot aisle and you're like, I, mm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's why I don't get into the game of like, this is what you must do with it. Um, but we wanted to make a blend that was good with ginger beer for Joe down the road yeah. that was just gonna buy two things at the store, mix them together. And and really for the connoisseurs, we're okay with, you just pour it pour it in a glass and sip it. I mean, yeah. that's, how, that's how we're drinking it right now. Absolutely. But it can, it can carry that across. I mean, we've had, accounts do martinis with it because of sort of that like brininess and there. Yeah, I could see this, the blend, be a great dirty martini. Yeah. Like yeah, to take a play in that playoff, that olive brine. For sure. Yeah. And we've had that be mentioned a number of times when one person actually ran with it. And yeah. Yeah, it does pretty well. That's interesting. So, yeah. Cool, cool. So. All right, what's next? What's next? Next, next is barrel age. Let's talk barrel age because okay, yes. um, it's one of the main reasons why I'm a part of this project. So I've been in hospitality for a little over 15 years. Before that, my degree's in chemistry. So I was in graduate school getting, trying to get my PhD when I realized I was much happier running bars and being face to face with people instead of sitting at a computer. I've met many of bartenders who actually have degrees in chemistry and yeah. it, it makes sense, but it also makes me scratch my head. <laughs> I mean, I routinely refer to myself as a recovering chemist. So I got out of that world got into you know hospitality got into just the love of bars and i i did the same i think transition that most people did where first thing i did was i paid attention to the drinks yeah and it took me a number of years to really realize that the drinks are secondary to the guests um and it took there was a transition there where it's like you know i was really sort of droppers and vials and and really not getting the point of what we do what we do is in increase happiness in humans. I, I think, you know, I, I bartended, I don't have any, like, I don't have the clout you have or the talent you have, or much less Gina, who I, <laughs> sorry, you're missing her, um, but I know she's gonna be excited to use the product. Um, I just was happy that I had a, my my speed pour. You know what I mean? That <laughs> was my claim to shame, or claim to shame, probably, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, and that's, exactly. And that's, I paid my way through college that way, because, um, but I lost whole point of all that, but, <laughs> no, but there's there's a transition that had to happen with going from, you know, what, what is it about me or is it about them? There was I was going is that I always felt like I was the host of the party. Yeah. And that and if anyone, everyone who knows me knows that's me. I'm just always like the let's have a good time. Um, so kind of makes sense that I do this show now. Thank but you. yeah, that was my thing with bartending is I always and when you when you find that magic between somebody who's really great at crafting cocktails and then is that 
has that moxie or that showmanship that just makes you feel like this is a great time. It's like you're a host of a party every sure. night, which can be tiring, I'm sure. Oh yeah, but. I mean, it's exhausting, but you know, I got to also work with the best people around. And and at some point, you know, I get a cold call from Robert Dawson. You know, he and Jason are founding this distillery. It's, I've heard the story 20 times by this meeting where, you know, you're a guy that we should talk to in this community. You know, we're gonna do this. And I'm like, yeah, every time somebody talks to me about that, a year later, I realized they're importing spirits from wherever, bottling it and putting a cute little label on top of it. That's their Kuliana. Whatever they want to do, I'm not going to knock them on that, but it's not what I wanted to affix my name yeah. to. So when I first started coming out, talking at length with Robert, who had kind of kept me within arm's reach for about four years at this point. So he's just growing fields. And he's like, one day, Kyle, I'm going to hire you. One of these days, you're going to stop tending bar every night. You're going to be talking to everybody. We're going to we're doing this thing. I'm like, OK, this is uh, like you're a rad dude. Like, I'm stoked. Like, let's, you know, let's share a glass of wine yeah. or let's drink somebody else's rum right now yeah. and see what we're going to do differently. And, and kind of just thought like, OK, one, one of these days, one of these days. And the, the day that it really hit me was he invites me up. They had just put in the still and they're like they're running it. It's like, you know, one of the first handfuls of times. And I'm like, this is freaking great. And I totally selfishly am like, I'm gonna buy all of this rum. <laughs> like, like the pig and the lady is gonna yeah. be the only place getting heirloom Hawaiian rum for the next two years. It'd be like the best cocktail screw, rum screw, bar. Screw everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm running away with it. We're gonna just corner this market until nice. he's big enough that we can't buy it all. And I'm like, okay, so when can I buy rum? And he's like, oh, all of this is going in barrels for years. He didn't sell any rum for six, eight months at all. Wow. Just everything that was being made was being put in barrels like we're surrounded with now. And it was one of those moments where it was like, this guy gets it like I get it. I'm stoked. Okay, when, awesome. when can we turn this corner now? Yeah. So for about a year, I came up, apprenticed, goofed off, cut cane, crushed cane. I didn't plant very much at that time. We still hadn't acquired more land, but we were we were trying to sort of do whatever we could. I was bringing my friends, Matt Kua, who runs the Pig and the Lady now, would come up and crush. Oh, that's you know, cool. he'd grab his friends. We And it would basically just be like this collection of, you know, bar geeks who were trying to get their hands a little dirty, understand the making of things. And I was the one who got to sort of be the purveyor of this to these guys. And through Robert and Jason realized they had the same principles that I did. We didn't need to go right to market and make up you know, X amount of dollars right away. We needed to make things that were going to be world-class, not stuff that was gonna be flavored or this or that. The best distillers that I have met, and there's not a lot, I mean, I've met a handful, they have very similar stories about how, you know, they they blew their budget on the sticker. Yeah. So, you know, so they were, but it was the, it was the love of the of the product and the love and the passion that was going into what you were making that was taking you up through that next spot. And For who sure. knew where you were gonna eat or yeah. how you gonna pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew if you held on long enough that you had something that was worth waiting. For, for sure. And it you know, being as nobody during that time period was aging any spirits in Hawaii at all. Yeah. And I'm you know, I'm in the thick of this industry that's like growing. I'm I'm with the the guys who are still the best people in bartending in Hawaii and nobody was aging spirits for us. Yeah. So to be one of the guys that got to sort of cross over and be that bridge, be like, yeah, this is what we should be doing. Let's support it, let's support it, let's support it. And be on just the ground floor of that. I was phenomenal. So that was a big reason why I'm a part of this. I mean, it all, 
I was really interested in the, the cane. I really love the idea of being able to be a part of something from the ground up. But in reality, the day that I got told no, I couldn't buy the rum because it was going into barrels was the day I made my decision as yeah. to where I would be. Awesome. So it was a really fantastic, and I don't even know if Robert actually knows that or not. I should probably tell him Well, that then once he subscribes and downloads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and reviews, which we all want everyone to do, yeah. um, he'll then know the story. <laughs> yeah. and, and don't take this out on the podcast that I'm boring, please. <laughs> not boring at all. You know what makes you less boring is that you come with rum. So what's the next one? <laughs> all right, so, so you're gonna be tasting a spirit that's three years old. Smells delicious. This went into New American Oak to start uh, from Independent Stave Company out of, these barrels are from Missouri, but they also have a cooperage in Kentucky. They're a low char, so more mellow char on them. Sat in there for a year, and then we moved it over to a used French oak barrel that had Chardonnay in it afterwards. Wow. So the fun thing about being a small distillery, I'm not saying everybody the world over will ever get to try this, but we've gotten all these experiments so that we know what we enjoy. So three years old. Wow, that's fun. That is completely different than the the other two. Of course, I would expect that, but wow. Oh, the finish on that, that's where the char comes in. Oh yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Little smoky. Even it is for, a little smoky. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, again, it doesn't, it's not like you're, sometimes you get a, a smoke. I'm not the biggest fan of certain things. And, and you, you feel like, am I just licked a charcoal? That is not what this is like at all. <laughs> it's lovely. It's definitely more subtle. And we're pretty passionate about letting the barrels speak enough, but it still has to be about the plant. So at the end, you still want it to have those floral notes. You want it to be things that connect back to sort of the, the ruggedness of a farm. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really that's really interesting. How would you drink? How would one drink this? So my favorite thing to do is actually make an old fashioned with it. Yeah. Wow. So yes. It I, totally I, makes sense. Yeah. I lay off the sugar completely. Um, if you need a little more mouthfeel, maybe a, a bar spoon of rich simple syrup or something like that. But I, I tend to because it's rum, I tend to pull off on that almost completely. I like orange bitters. Um, oh, if I'm feeling, you know, flirty, I'll do orange and angle, but I usually just do so orange flirty. bitter. Yeah, exactly. crazy, living on the edge. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm a recovering chemist, but I am also a recovering bartender. So I, I don't do anything too fancy. I'll just add the cubes to it, stir it and drink it as it is because- Honor the spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, this one was, again, tell me, I'm sorry. So this is coho, which means coho. to select or to choose. Oh. So that's our barrel select. Everything we've done until this day has all been single barrel. Yeah. I'm not saying that'll be the way it is indefinitely. Um, as we grow, we have a, a process in place for a consistent That was gonna product. be my question is when you go through these different barrels and you know, it's from Missouri and then Kentucky yeah. and then you switch to Chardonnay. How, my question is, can you do that and can you can you size that or scale that or do you not? And does it become this, like you said, you, not everyone can have this. So we'll always have things at the distillery that are gonna be more playful. So you can come to our tasting room, do a tour, shop, do all of that stuff. And we'll always have these fun one-offs because we're never gonna get away from that playful yeah. spirit. That being said, there's a couple containers sitting around here with 60, 80 barrels in them that are all the same style of sure, barrel sure. with our blend inside. So they're all gonna be for our growth. Which, which, I mean, as a consumer, you want that consistency. Absolutely. That in there, but I mean, to have these, like you said, these playful one-offs, these are- Yeah, and we're are, sitting in the room that is is the one-off room. I mean, yeah. you're looking at new American, used bourbon barrels, Madeira. Oh, um, I see Buffalo Trace yeah, right Buffalo on that one, Trace. yeah. You've got Breckenridge up there, Woodford Reserve. Oh yeah, sure enough, I take my glasses off, I yeah. can actually see. And then, <laughs> you know, 
to the to the smoky side of things, we have used Laphroaig barrels. We've done all oh. kind of weird stuff. Cool. But that's more for fun and for sharing here. That's not for you know this huge big market that we hope to someday attack. Yeah. But right now, it's just we had to go through these iterations to really have proof of what we're doing. I'm not just gonna copy what somebody else does and believe that it was good because somebody else did it. Yeah. So we we jumped down this this way and I haven't mentioned his name yet, but Noah Brown is really the guy who controls that side of things. He's our distillery manager. He works with all the different barrel makers. He talks to frankly everybody and he's the the man in between the farm and me yeah. that allows sort of that that conduit to, to happen. So, That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. All right, well, so? Perfect. Now's the time that I offer you. Now the time has come. Yeah. Well, (laughs) we've got a rum thief over here. I've got barrels here. And I figure, I don't know if you've ever pulled directly from a barrel on a show. No, I have never. No, I have never pulled from a barrel. And I know know that this is a surprise to you. I should have told you before we're doing it. I'm so excited. But we're going to pull from that Woodford (gasps) barrel with the rum thief. So I'm going to have you crawl across and I'll I'll coach you through it. All right. So listeners, this is going to be a fun little adventure. And um, so that you truly have an understanding of what this means, I will shoot it afterward. And you can go to designateddrinker.show. It's designateddrinker.show. And I'll have pictures. Um, to kind of help illustrate what this is. So what you're gonna do, Oh, I get to crawl in here. Yeah, Holy you, cow. You're gonna this is essentially your straw. Okay. So you're gonna put it inside of the barrel. Okay. Just let it go right down the side there. Right. After a couple seconds, you'll plug this in and it'll hold the rum in there and I then you'll plug move it, it over. In. So you'll just put your finger okay. over that. Oh, and then it it'll oh so that I get it. Yeah, so you're you're trapping it right now. So you're you're good to pull out whenever you want. There's a joke there. There is. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. Oh, you're greedy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you can put some in there, maybe a little further. Okay. And then you can Good. put it back in the barrel okay. if you don't mind. Yeah. Somebody will enjoy drinking that. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's so much fun. Just like yeah. That. So that. So what you're about to try oh, it smells delicious. is um, a sugar cane called Kea, which means white. So it was King Kamehameha the Great's favorite sugar cane. Uh, he planted it all along these really interesting warring routes while he was uniting the islands. Oh. Um, still studied at West Point, by the way. Really cool, interesting history uh, that we touch on a lot out and here. And the only American royals. Exactly. So we took that, moved it into New American Oak, and aged it from June 7th of 2016 until January of 2017 in those New American Oak barrels. Then it sat inside of this Woodford Reserve uh, brandy finish barrel, which was super interesting. They did this American brandy finish Woodford Reserve. We snagged one of their barrels and it's been sitting in there since January of 2017. So about what, 15 months since yeah. then. Uh, so we're looking at just a, just under two years old, two barrels, uh, hopefully. Oh, I can't wait. I think it's cool. It's about 125 proof. So be, Woo! Be <laughs> That's a big boy. <laughs> I say that, but I mean, there's definitely the burn to it, but it's really smooth. It doesn't like, it's not like it's like, ah, like you're gonna burn your face off. It's really, really good. So every now and then we'll find a barrel like this that's just outstanding and we will bottle it as it is. And we call that koa. Koa means warrior. Uh, it's also a famous wood out here. So yep. sometimes people think we age it in coal wood. That's not true. It's our sort of warrior strength or our- That makes sense, know. like Navy strength. I yeah. think that's really well named as yeah, well. For sure. Says Do you the mind branding if I share geek. Some? Absolutely. Says the branding geek. <laughs> I love it. 
So cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. You definitely get the brandy notes from it. Absolutely. I was just going to say that, that uh, like, it's from, uh, like, because I'm the ignorant palate, I have, like, the caramel, that really nice caramel finish. And you're right, the mouthfeel of this one, I mean, it's definitely more powerful, which, as it would be at Co-op Proof. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that's really good. Fun, right? And obviously, when you have a, a higher proof, spirit it can hold up well in cocktails oh, yeah. right for sure that being said most people i know don't touch this in cocktails with one exception being the guys at bar leather apron uh, they do a bunch of fun things with our koa but almost everybody that purchases it just puts it on their shelf yeah <laughs> saves it for that you know that moment when they need an ounce of just like happiness yes in the evening so a really big happiness but big <laughs> happiness oh yeah I mean, maybe problem-solving happiness. Exactly. But, you know. You're going to solve the world with this one. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, in your little tiny little universe, that could actually be a true statement. Yeah. I yeah, think. No anyway. doubt. So that is, so now you've tasted the three rums that are the core of the Kohana line. So you've got Kea, which is our white. Koho, which means to select or choose. So your white blend. rum, our blend of, you know, barrel-aged, and then our single cask, barrel strength, but we also have a really fun, sort of playful thing that is called cocoleca. Cocoleca means chocolate. Oh, yeah. So we have this mix of our white rum with cacao nibs. And most people don't realize in the US, the only state that can grow cacao or the plant that makes chocolate is Hawaii. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So oh. of all 50 states, you'll only find cacao here. So we're famous for cacao and for honey. Is that because of the 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 where we are latitude-wise. Yeah, latitude-wise, yeah. I was gonna say like the, the weather, the soil, the, mm -hmm. the location of the islands. We're about equivalent to like Mexico City yeah. uh, here in Honolulu. So it's got that sort of a little bit lower. The plants tend to do pretty well. Um, Everything does well here. <laughs> <laughs> Especially drinkers. Yes, so, yes. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> so, sorry, we got some fun guests. Well, we're uh, <laughs> at a distillery. That's a good thing. Laughter Indeed. is a good thing. So what we do is we take our white rum, Kea, and we'll macerate essentially a 50 pound tea bag of cacao nibs. So unprocessed chocolate nibs, so no mm -hmm. sugar or anything like that. And we'll allow it to sit in there for about a month. After wow. a month, you've got this bitter I'm gonna say, does chocolate. It get, you find liqueur. it get like tannins, bitters, oh, bitter yeah. out of that, it's yeah? It's hugely bitter. And we cut it back with heirloom honey as well. So we've got this really cool Lehua blossom or mac nut honey wow. that's going to come from the Big Island. So we have most of our farmers now for cacao are Big Island, so Hawaii Island. Yep. Um, and then we get our honey from there as well. And we'll mix that in and you'll get to try. Yum. Yeah. Yum. Yeah, a lot of people get confused with them. Um, now, now living back on the mainland again with the Big Island as Oahu because they get, it seems as it would be the yeah. Big Island because of the amount of people that are here and the massive size of Honolulu, which is the 11th largest city in the United States. Pretty crazy, right? Um, but it's the Big Island is the biggest of the yeah. islands. So. I mean, it, and it's a funny thing because you can talk about it in so many different ways. Here, I'm hoping it becomes more popular to actually refer to it as Hawaii Island. Yeah. It, it makes, that's, that's who they are. Being the Big Island is, is one thing, but that's, it, we should pay a little bit more reverence to the fact that it's Hawaii Island. Yeah, but you so. know, then you're just further confusing people I, I because it's all the Hawaiian Islands. <laughs> I, I but that's Hawaii versus Hawaiian <laughs> Islands. So. Yeah. Um, and I need people to know the difference oh. because Oahu. Wow. <laughs> 
wow, that's super savory on the nose. I didn't expect such savoriness. It, it's, it, it, this sounds funny, but it almost smells like beef broth. Oh, interesting. It's got that like heartiness to it mm-hmm. for sure. It tastes nothing like beef broth. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting no, that, it's, that honey on the back end. So you oh, don't get a lot of honey on the nose. Honey, not, yeah. But you get all the like bitter sort of like, I guess bright cacao stuff yes. happening. And then the total honey finish though. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that'd be great for dessert. Mm-hmm. Finish dinner. Just And it goes with so many different things. We've had people pour it over ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. We've had people, you know, do sauces over the top of rum cakes or yeah. any number of things. I like it just in a glass. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a simple man. Yeah. But yeah. you just say, no, let me just drink my calories. Yeah, Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll have a glass of cognac or a sherry or cocoleca. Those are my finishers. Yeah, I would skip the sherry and go straight to this every time. <laughs> I love it. It's nice. But this is also a product that can only be found in the islands? Yeah, right now. Um, well, that's actually not true. We just shipped to California. Oh, nice. This. So this is one of the products that has yep. made it to the mainland. Only our white rum and the cacao liqueur have made it to the oh, mainland nice. so far. All of our aged spirits are unfortunately in such high demand here that we sell all of them. Locally? Yeah. Well, that's great, though. That's, yeah. a, that's a good story. I mean, it, it, the fact that you're supporting local community and local um, industry first. Yeah. And um, after living here on the islands and knowing how important that is, and when I first moved here, it wasn't a very sustainable spot. Yeah, for and sure. And the farming farming has changed because of the demand of great chefs yeah. and, and in your world as well, where bartenders, which I like to think of them as more chef-like as well, um, have demanded better product. And it's kind of great to see how the industry has changed locally and that the economy has grown. And it's not just based on tourism. It's not like Hawaii doesn't when it's tourism. Everyone come here. It's beautiful. You don't need a passport. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nope. No, no passport We are the U.S. We are a state. Yeah, I like when- I pay federal taxes. (laughs) Exactly. I like when I hear people go, oh, I can't wait. People who, not everyone loves the islands. Mm -hmm. And then people go, I can't wait to go back to the U.S. And I'm like, you never left. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing you uh, never left. All right, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but no, that's great. And I, and of course, uh, small businesses and like small batch distilleries, you want to see you be super successful, but not to the point that you lose it. Like yeah. you lose the soul of it all. So. For sure. And there's, make no mistake, like this is this is a business. I, I like the fact that we're employing people that we're able to have, you know, now going from two workers to 20 workers oh, in two awesome. years, you're, it, it's brilliant. And, and you do have to make money to make that work, but you don't have to lose who you are. Yeah. Um, for us, we've worked on scaling the right way. Great. We're trying to make sure, and that's part of being a grass to glass distillery like we are, we're able to grass to glass. Farm, I like you know, it. I like the it. branding. Uh, yes, you, you're farming it. Yep. You're all your own production team. So I got four full time farmers that are just out there cutting, crushing, making sure our beautiful fields are taken care of. Then I've got the production team. There's four of them doing all of the, you know, bottling, distilling, fermentation. Every bit of all that happens in there is hands on. There's four full-time people just that's jamming awesome. away at that. Those are great stories. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And I know everybody, I mean, we, we know everybody's name. Like, we don't have to go source anything. Truly Ohana. Yeah, I can yeah. ask, you know, what what's going on here? I can ask, you know, Rory J or Raquel, what's happening on bottling? I can talk to the front of house about who came by that day, all with, you know, a quick text or frankly, usually bumping into them, <laughs> you know, when they're coming by the office or whatever yeah. else it is. 
and it's it's so small and tight but we're we're pretty proud to be able to be in frankly an area of Oahu that doesn't have a lot of commerce yep. developing something that is creating jobs and opportunities and you know as we grow from 25 acres to 100 acres to we probably won't get too much bigger than that but to 150 acres you never know will be more jobs more things happening up here and hopefully just more reach as well i think that's when passion really becomes that part the success the success story isn't necessarily always just found in that bottom line and that you see it all along the way and that's when people are doing business what i like to think is the right way and i just did air quotes in that it is a greater story than just making a product to sell to make a buck for sure and it's truly and i think that um there are small businesses and i just know them from being here on the islands which is um a unique space to see the businesses actually grow the community and i think i I think that's probably true in a lot of places in the united states just being on an island you can see it's just maybe because it's more under a microscope um but yeah it's a great story i love it i love it thank you thank you so um Unfortunately, Gina couldn't be here with me today. So, we missed you, Gina. Yes, you'd love him. You're, you're on the next flight. <laughs> Come on. I told her, I told her, just throw a swimsuit in. Come on. Um, so we'll need to take some product back. Of course. Absolutely. All right, well, on that note, I'm going to close the show. We usually do a last call, but it's your place, and we're at the distillery, so there's no need. No, it, let's, let's give everybody just an aloha. 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 Mahalo. Gina, you know, it made me really, really sad to go to Hawaii without you. I tried to get you to throw that bikini in the bag. (laughs) But I hope I can make up just a little bit for running off into the islands without you. Just a little. So I brought you back some good gifts. They look pretty. Yes. Yes. Um, I brought you back some rum from the very first rum distillery in on Oahu. There's one other um, that's on another island, but this is the first one on Oahu. Um, and, and, and this is the only distillery at this point. And uh, I got to hang out with this guy named Kyle. Um, he was the brand manager there. and. Uh, he shared a lot of really cool stuff with me. Uh, the distillery is really cool. I think you'd really appreciate it. The farm is even cooler though. And I know that you'll really love that kind of stuff. You get into like the, the really, it, no pun intended or all pun intended, the roots of it all. Um, of course. Yeah. Kyle made this comment that they, you know, they say they're from grass to glass yeah. because they're growing all this heirloom sugarcane. That's what Co is in the brand. It's Kohana. And so they're these really beautiful plants and we walk the fields and you know, I got red dirt all over my shoes, but they have like big fish ponds and the fish ponds, um, they've had them for over eight years and haven't added any water because they're, they're, they catch the water. The fish live in the pond and that's what they feed the grass with. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so they're super responsible um, and they're not pulling any fresh water. Um, the, the fish are what's feeding the cane, which is kind of cool. Um, so anyway, and of what course- kind of, What kind of cane? But first of all, welcome back. Well, thank you. Me Sarah, and my me and my beautiful tan. I mean, seriously, because you be any tanner is really annoying, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I have to say, you know, we're here, we're sitting at Jack Rose Dining Saloon, which I love upstairs. Absolutely. We're getting ready for some crazy event. So there's lots of saws and noise, kind of the noise and energy. Madness. Yes. And then you bring me back these beautiful, <laughs> beautiful bottles. And they're like these beautiful, perfect little um, squares. And they're stunning looking. The color is great. Um, I have the, I like the, the whole thing, the sugar family. It's yeah. nice. 
So um, each one, like so you can see I brought you two um, white, wi uh, white wines, two white rums, um, a blended rum, and then a traditional dark rum. Um, and what's really interesting um, when on the episode or hang out with um, Kyle, you can see on the side of the bottle it says cane variety. So it actually, it's like wine in that that's kind of Freudian slip with these whites. Um, it tells you what, the sh what, what strand of cane they use to make this type of this bottle of rum. So even though they're both white rums and they're both Kohana, they're very different because the, the grass itself is different. So it's really unique. So um, I'd love for you to taste it and tell me what you think. Um, first of all, cane variety is super important. Like things I yes. love is like the grassy notes and things like that, all kinds of flavor before we even start tasting rums. Something that everybody um, always assumes is that all the flavor from rum comes from the barrels, in which that's true, the finishing is our but those waxy notes, those um, uh, vegetal notes, those like uh, very pungent on the nose, all comes from your grass. And that is definitely what it is. Sugarcane is really in grass. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like cool. aloe, aloe is, a, uh, yeah. is grass. You know, like you have to like look at it for what it is. So we're gonna start, um, and we're gonna start with the sugarcane. If you go to the side of it, it tells you that this is lahi, lahi. I believe it's a kind of hard stamp to read, but that's the type of grass that are the the sugarcane, the name of the sugarcane, because there are Hawaiian ancient Hawaiian heirloom um, sugarcane strands, and that was the name. That's the Hawaiian name for that um, grass. What do you think? It's pretty good. It's nice and light. I need another. I need a little sip of it. It was really interesting when Kyle had me taste it and then up against the, when you taste the two whites side by side, how different it is. It's really nice. You can tell like they press the juice, right? Yeah. Do they press the juice? They must. Yeah, and they do. They don't cook it first, they press it first? Yeah, and it's a, it's a product, only, it's not a byproduct. Because I guess that's what agricole. I was. Yeah. I even got smart. I didn't yeah. just get tan. I got smart, Gina. Yeah. Um, and that that that's it's not a byproduct. It's not like from molasses or sh you know processing sugar. No, yeah, it's nice. It's light. It's got like it's, it's really pretty. It's almost got like a um, you know yeah you, you hate to say you know it's so tropical but it's got a really beautiful like um, floral note to it. Yeah. Um, it's nice. I like it. I have to tell you that I I, I which we just I I went first to the other one and I smelled it. This smells like insane. I really like this one. This, it's, um, I could see like- This reminds me of cachaca. Cachaca also being a cane spirit, but you know, oh. from South America. Interesting. That same like big vegetal- Yes. Like skin of corn, <laughs> hot summer day, snakes <laughs> in the grass. Well, good thing is there are snow snakes in the grass in Hawaii. It's, There's it's, snakes, but they're of the human type, not the one without legs. <laughs> The smell and then the product is completely different. It's completely different. It's like, um, it's really like night and day. It's so light and per it's like so light and once you drink it, it's like perfumey, but it's like so like in your face, like right away. Like yeah. it's like just big and like, oh, I'm gonna just, and then lightens right up. It's like all dainty. Yeah, I actually really, really like that one. I would, I could see that. Like, does that mean, does um, does uh, Mahaula mean dingy? Because I feel like it should. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little dirty. Smell strong, taste light. That's what it means. That's what it means. Are you do the branding form? <laughs> yes. This is my new thing. Which, where, where are we going? Where, so. Okay, so. I, inspiring. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you, like, do I feel like I want to make something with it? Yeah. So why don't you taste the, um, the traditional dark rum? 
Um, Should I try the forty? So okay, so so this one is the this is oh they have a little rum. Yeah, this one we tried last because it's definitely um, a, like an after dinner. Like that's that's probably the sweetest of them all. Not probably, but definitely. Um, and it, so that one, and it was really unique. I didn't know cacao only in the United States can only be grown in Hawaii because of the latitude. It cannot. We did, we are unable to grow cacao anywhere else in the United States. Well, that I. Well, I I, See that I did not know that. That was again me getting not so just this, brown. So but smart. This, so now and now I don't want to say anything because everybody said that's something wrong. Coho. Oh, it is coho. That's nice. And that's just the traditional dark rum barrel select. Tell me what that what that says. Oh, oh Hawaiian heirloom. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my glasses on. Honestly, <laughs> um, you, know, you know, I took them off somewhere, and now it's like it's a mystery. Those are gonna be. <laughs> Um, that's really nice. It's really, it's really pretty. And just like it's a ninety proof. It's really nice. It's got a beautiful nose to it. I personally really like, um, you know, like the more traditional rums be a little bit higher proof because I think that the grass or the sugar content shows better. You know, mm. with that, and so mm-hmm. like, and you know, and then you age it and it mellows it out. So I'm more into that, um, that kind of little higher proof. But um, I, I would just, say the stuff out of the cask, pretty cool. Yeah, being able to drink yeah. straight out of the cask. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And that was like, that was cast strength. So um, that was definitely um, a big, big, uh, big boy. Okay, let's try the next one. For, all, right. all right, here we go. So this is, this is the, um, this is a dark rum that. Cacao and honey. Yes. And it's, it's only 60 proof. Like a cordial. Yes. You're gonna have to do a supper. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's. You drink that all day. Yeah. It doesn't seem like you want to do much with it. It's like candy water. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'll put like a salted butter cracker with it. It'd be awesome. Like if you were going to pair it up. Yeah. Like a good, like good cream butter with a little bit of like sea salt. Oh, that sounds delicious. It would be delicious with that. Yeah. It's like to offset that honey and cacao. Because the cacao in here isn't chocolatey, it's uh, that burnt, nutty flavor of cacao can have. Yeah. It's a little bit more char. Yeah. Most people think, you know, oh, cacao, chocolate. I'm feeling like I'm inspired, right? Let's do so, it. We're going to take a little stroll around the bar because I got to sit on the other side of the bar because it's just us. It is just us today. It's just, we don't usually get this um this, this luxury of just this, this intimacy. Hanging out, drinking rum. It's like when we first met. It's yep. really kind of nice, it right? Is. So for me, I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking, you know, what I'm going to, I'm going to say, oh. We have some friends. Oh, well, that's... So I picked... This is so funny. This is great. This is great. This is why you have to love that this is a real podcast. So I picked this mint this morning from the from the yard, and I put it in a little bath, and we have on here baby fireflies. <laughs> they're like, let us out of the water. Look, look, they're not Aww. even... They're like little babies. I have to... Unfortunately, we're going to let them go outside. But they're, they're like little teeny baby fireflies <laughs> that are living on my mint. So we're gonna give that a little bit of a wash, which I have it in water now. It's just a little extra protein, Gina. Oh my gosh, it- that's so funny. I can't even believe I have baby fireflies on this. Well, you know it's real. Yep. So like, you know, people say, oh, where'd you get the mint? From the yard. And baby fireflies. <laughs> and, um, and, and welcome to Jack Rose. This is your baby fireflies. <laughs> You know, I, didn't you do um, some drinks in the past that had like dried crickets on it? Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of into it. This is just a new protein. I don't know if they're edible with the lumens, but you know, let's let's try it out. They'll light All you right. up. So, 
Sorry, I had to do So it. what you guys can't see is that I do have all of this submerged in a beautiful like and water. And what this is, um, this is really pretty chocolate mint. Oh yum. So we're gonna take about five or six leaves of it. Now if you have other mint at home, you don't have to have chocolate mint per se. You can use different flavors. Um, I just happen to like this. It's, a, it's like, if you're gonna use spearmint, use a little bit less, use like four, because that is super pungent. Um, we're gonna put that in there, and then I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna do everything uh, to order today. I wasn't prepared. This was the first time I, I had to, you know, taste it, so I brought a bunch of different stuff because I didn't know what it was gonna taste like. Great. Um, it's kind of fun. It's fun. So what we're gonna do is we're going to squeeze one ounce of lime juice into the glass, and we're putting this into a rocks glass. So we have five chocolate mint leaves, and we have uh, about one ounce of lime juice, and then we threw a uh, little half of limes. These are really tiny limes right now, uh, this time of the year, seeing your citrus get smaller in the summer when you need it most, right? So uh, the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna put a little bit of this uh, beautiful, just like a fresh cold pressed raspberry syrup that we made, and it's just really, really nice. And we're gonna give this a quick little muddle. Muddle? Yep. We're gonna muddle it to your mother. <laughs> just a, no, just a little muddle. We're gonna press it in the bottom of the glass. And you know, you know, you think of why, you know, really, what's the see what's the temperatures there all the time? It's like 82 degrees every day. 82 degrees every I would give anything for no variation in temperature. Because <laughs> where we live, it goes from hot to hotter to freezing yes. to frozen. <laughs> so like that to me is just mental. So now we're gonna do something a little bit different than I normally do. We're gonna take a little bit of, um, it's like a fresh oregano. It actually has this really cool. Uh, oh, that smells um, delicious. Like it's not oregano like you're thinking like your mom makes a sauce. It's oregano like it's more um, vegetal. And we're not gonna press it. We're actually gonna lay it on top of the lime that's sitting in the glass and we're gonna leave it there. And now we're gonna add and to that, I'm actually gonna use, I'm gonna go with that crazy smelling, amazing uh, white uh, rum. Yeah. And then it's the, it's the, uh, sorry, it's the, ma the Mahayula? Mahayula, say it. Ma it's a, uh, now you're making me do it wrong. Well, it's M-A-H-A-I, how do you say it? It's, uh, well you can pronounce every, every syllable, or every letter, so it's Mahi'i. Mahi, Mahi, uh, Mahi Ula. Mahi Ula. It's very difficult. So we're gonna <laughs> and that's just, we didn't, it, it, that's just the, the, what the Hawaiians, you know, those crazy Polynesians. And then many, many. Hawaii? Talk to me about it. Is it, is it crazy over there? No, it's super chill. It's one of the, it's so chill. There's not a big nightlife there, um, even in Oahu. I mean, on Oahu, in Honolulu, it's kind of, but there is a really big craft cocktail scene that's, um, that's developing. Um, not big, I mean, it's developing. It's in, in it's in its works. They have a, quite a few um, cocktail bars that are popping up. And the other thing is there's uh, some beer distilleries that are popping up. Um, on Oahu, there are three now, three or four. Um, and that all happened within like the last five years. Mm. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see how it's uh, growing. All right, so we're gonna, well, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So now we're gonna stir this just a little bit and move the ice around. And then what you guys can't see, what I'm gonna do is take a little bit just a little bit of um, bubbles, and you can either use a Pilsner beer or champagne, whatever you'd like, oh, nice. on the top to give it a little bit of effervescence. And we're using crushed ice, so it's actually making this pretty little foamy 
center, which is really fun. And then we're going to see another piece of the um, infested mint. No, I'm just kidding. It's all clean. <laughs> of the mint, we're going to put it in the center. Oh, it's so pretty. And one thing about Hawaii in general, which I love, is definitely their flaw. Um, for, uh, flora. Yeah. I tried to put flora and fauna, but they don't have any deer. So we're good. <laughs> so cheers. Cheers. And welcome home. Aloha. Thanks. Complete with critters. Oh, I like the mint on the nose. It's pretty. It's it, That vegetable smell is like totally not what it tastes like. You know, putting a straw in the string, paper straw, if you will. Yes, or a biodegradable or straw. Bi or biodegradable straw, right? Because, you know, I don't really want to be in an island full of that. It's really um, the thing to do. And then you get the nice sweetness on the bottom. So this is like an evolving drink. It's a slow sipper. And if you're on vacation, this is what you should be having. Although I may, I think we may call this drink the, the little critter. <laughs> the critter that will? Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, it's kind of appropriate if there's fireflies with all the um, volcano erupting in Hawaii right now. Maybe they, you know, they just wanted to put on a little show for us. Yeah, maybe we'll call it 10,000 lumens. <laughs> so don't worry if you've missed any of Gina's instructions on how to make this amazing cocktail using Kohana rum. Just head over to designateddrinker.show, that's designateddrinker.show, and you'll find the recipe, the ingredients list, and even a link that will lead you right to Kohana rum. It looks really beautiful, though. All right. Well, I hope that you're enjoying this. I am a great deal. I hope. Uh, and next time you go with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I need to like take a day off at some point in my life. So. Well, it might yes. be a little bit more than a day going out to Hawaii. Yeah, we will put like a little uh, fairy garden on top of it next time. All right. So let's just call it a wrap, Gina. Let's sit back, finish the rest of our rum, and uh, since we are not entertaining anyone today other than ourselves. I, yeah. Well, that's kind of nice, I know. Like, yeah. Let's catch up. <laughs> give me all the deets. I will give you all the deets. <laughs>